A stoma is an opening in the abdomen that is connected to your digestive system to allow waste to be diverted out of your body. Looks like a small pinkish circular piece of flesh that is sewn into your body. It may lie fairly flat to your body or protrude out. Well, that's a pretty good description of what I was going to have done during this upcoming surgery. Along with the colostomy, I would be having a portion of my lower colon and rectum removed. I would also have the ileostomy reversed. Uh, an ileostomy reversal is a technique that rejoins the two ends of your bowel after an ileostomy. Its purpose is to restore bowel function so that you can remove waste normally. That comes from verywellhealth.com if you'd like to look that up. However, and it always seems like there's a however, they would be removing the lower part of my colon and rectum so it would be far from normal. After having the reversal, I would need a colostomy. That would be done during the same surgery. I would need a wound vac in the area of the rectum removal and the reversal. Vacuum-assisted closure, or VAC, is a method of decreasing air pressure around a wound to assist the healing. It's also referred to as a negative pressure wound therapy. During a VAC procedure, a healthcare professional applies foam bandage over an open wound and a vacuum pump creates negative pressure around the wound. This means the pressure over the wound is lower than the pressure in the atmosphere. The pressure pulls the edges of the wound together. This would require me to carry a vac machine with me wherever I go until the wounds were healed completely. That would take at least nine weeks, maybe more. I would have a tube coming out of the wound created by the rectum removal, and a tube coming out of the wound created by the removal of the ileostomy. These wounds would have to have the dressings changed at least two times per week during the time the wound vac was attached. Yeah, well, looked like I was in for a long couple of months or more. It was such a blessing that we had our kids to help us out. Troy and Annette drove us to Provo and Salt Lake City several times, as did Kendall, Michael would take us from Salt Lake to Provo when needed. Eric furnished board and room for us for those weeks. How blessed we really were. I was preparing for the surgery during those four or five days prior to the operation date. I was doing hyperbaric uh, treatments twice a day and drinking lots of protein drinks, as well as a lot of pre-op medication. The day finally came to take care of the damage that tumor had done during its stay in my body, and with its removal, I had to have my bodily functions returned to me, even if it meant having them changed significantly. My way of life would never be the same. I could regain my strength, go home to familiar surroundings, and be with my loved ones. But there were going to be some things that would never be the same. I would have to adjust. Brenda would have to adjust. And together we would make whatever had to happen, happen. When I was taken to my room after surgery, I remember how I thought that I was going to die right then and there. I was in a lot of pain. Even though I was on very strong pain meds, I had a large hole in my right side where the ileostomy had been. It had a tube coming out of it. 
I also had a tube extending from my bum, which ran from there to attach to my right side also. Both tubes were being attached to a wound vac machine that I would be carrying around with me for the next two or three months. I would have to have someone change the dressing on these two wounds two times per week. That would be one of the worst things that I would be required to do in the near future. The first time I had it changed, I really don't know, I, I guess I didn't know what to expect. I remember that Brenda and Kendall were there. I was asked which wound I would like changed first. I was told that the one on my bottom would be the most difficult. I told them to do that one first, just get it over with. So I turned on my side so the nurse could see what she was doing. I could tell Brenda and Kendall were a bit uncomfortable. First of all, the old dressing and bandages had to be removed. That's quite un quite unpleasant. The adhesives were very strong, and it takes some some doing to remove them. The wound was packed with gauze and medication that had to be taken out. When that was done, all new material had to be put back. The bandage needed to be airtight so that the vac could work properly. It took about 20 to 30 minutes to complete this procedure. The wound at the spot where the ileostomy had been was not as painful, but just as delicate of a procedure. There was a ton of gauze packed inside this wound. Those watching were amazed at the amount of gauze being pulled out of the hole in my stomach. Kendall said it looked like a magic, magic trick. It just kept coming and coming and coming. Anyway, this whole process had to be repeated twice a week. After the nurse had finished, she turned on the vac machine. It was quite shocking, really. Felt like an electrical shock going through the wound. It was extremely painful to lay down in bed. It was almost impossible to sit on a chair. I had no core strength to stand up or sit up in bed or turn over. There was literally no place comfortable to sit, lay, or stand. Oh, and on top of all that, I also had a new bag hanging from my left side. That was my ostomy bag. It would be my companion for the rest of my life. I would be learning how to care for it, how to keep it clean, how to change it at least two times daily, and how to care for the attachment which was adhered to my belly around the stoma, which is where my digested food would exit my body from now on. The afternoon of the day after my surgery, they brought in a gurney and helped me get out of bed and onto it to be transported to the hyperbaric department to continue the treatments there. I had had several treatments before surgery and now needed 40 more, one each day, five days a week. After I got strong enough to leave the hospital, I would be coming back each day until this therapy had been completed. I had to spend two hours in the oxygen chamber each visit. I really had a hard time getting on and off the gurney. I hurt so badly at the points of the incision. I wanted to scream every time I moved. The next time I had my wounds changed, I heard the nurses uh, talking to each other about the upcoming procedure they had planned for me. I heard them talking about changing my dressings and that anyone who wanted to come in and observe could. It would be a great learning experience. A learning experience for who? I already knew how it felt and that I didn't want to know, to know any more. A few minutes passed by, and nurses and CNAs and anyone else who happened to be passing by started congregating around my bed. The nurse who had uh, changed my wounds the last time was in charge and invited everyone to get where they could see. I was asked to turn over and try to relax. 
Another nurse thought she was being funny when she told me that they had all heard that this procedure was taking place, and that rumor had it I had a cute butt, and everyone wanted to see. Was there no more dignity in this world? By the end of the third day, I was informed that they had brought a new bed into my room. This was a bed to help relieve the pressure on sore spots on the body. It was filled with sand and had air pumped through it to make the sand move and fit the contours of the body. It was so hard to get into and to get out of, but while in it, it felt wonderful. Besides getting out of bed and to go to the oxygen chamber, I would get out two or three times per day to take care of my ostomy bag. That was not a fun chore either. I was learning the lifestyle that was waiting me for the rest of my life. I was in the hospital for about a week after surgery, and then they sent me home with my wound vac machine, my ostomy bag attached, my cane and walker, and orders to report to the hospital daily to have oxygen therapy and have my wounds changed every other day. Brenda also had orders. She had to give me a shot every morning and make sure I was taking my medications. I told her I felt like a poorly decorated Christmas tree with all the tubes, bags, and other gadgets attached to me. I must have really looked a sight walking down the hospital hall with my cane and all those tubes hanging down from my body and connected to the vac machine I was carrying in my one hand that didn't have to hold a, uh, the hand of another person or, or my cane or the arm of my wife or daughter-in-law. I had to wear hospital scrubs each time I went into the chamber, so that made me even more self-conscious. Getting in and out of the car was another story. Well, enough of that. I was getting better. The light at the end of the tunnel was getting closer and closer. I kept my mind focused on the road trip we were planning at the end of May, when I was home and strong enough to do such a thing. The doctor said I would be able to do it. I knew I could, and that was my goal. I also thought a lot about getting my kayak on the water at Fish Lake. I would do it, ostomy bag and all, and I did. It has been over a year now, and I feel stronger each day. I still have reminders about what I went through. I have neuropathy in both of my feet and legs and in my hands and some to some degree. I have a huge scar on the right side of my tummy that looks like another belly button. I have a bag that needs to be taken care of two times a day and a skin barrier over my stoma that needs changing twice weekly. I am still trying to adjust to those changes in my life. I feel very self-conscious every time I go out into public. I pray that things will work properly and that I can make it through whatever I'm doing without any mishaps. But I'm also becoming more and more confident in my ability to take care of things. I'm getting so I don't pay as much attention to those additions to my body. I don't think about it as much, but it's still there. I still got a bag, and I always will. There's a story I'd like to tell that not many people know. In this story I'll tell you a tale, and after it is told, you'll understand and know the reason you may think I act strange. You just might think I'm a teasing, but listen and I'll explain. It started when I had a colonoscopy. I didn't think it would be bad. 
I kinda knew there might be something wrong with me But how could I know what I had When the doctor told me I had cancer I looked at him and sighed In the beginning I didn't know the answer But I knew I had to find it or die So you see I've got a bag I wish I didn't I've got a bag and I keep it hidden I've got a bag and I never asked for It didn't come from some big box store I've got a bag and if it could talk It'd say better me than an airtight box Better me than an airtight box So that's the end of my story. My fight with cancer. I don't talk about it much other than when I'm doing this, this podcast. Brenda and I talk about it a little bit, but... It's something that's in my past. It's something that I've learned from. And I hope that my sharing this with you will help you understand why our Heavenly Father does what He does sometimes. Why He asks us to go through what we go through. Have the faith of a child. Hang in there. Stay close to our Heavenly Father, and most of all, don't ever give up. We'll have more podcasts later on. I'm going to interview some people who have had experiences similar to mine. Hopefully we'll be able to get that back and going again within the next few weeks. I'll keep you in touch. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and most of all, whistle that happy song. <laughs>